step headed to the top one. Yeah, that's me. We go hard where I'm from. Welcome to Microbrewed Sports. I'm your host, Alex Wolf, here with my buddy Justin Peterman. What's up, guys? Uh, that's the last time you're going to hear me refer to him as Justin. Yeah, no one calls me that. <laughs> Basically, uh, premise behind the pod here, we're going to be taking a uh, micro look as opposed to macro being the whole league. We're only going to focus on our favorite teams uh, while actually drinking microbrews. We'll give you a couple uh, reviews on those here and there while we're doing it. Uh, today I'm drinking uh, Victory Summer Love. It's actually a baseball-themed beer, so I haven't taken my first swig yet. We'll see how it is. What are you drinking, Pete? I got a Blue Point Honey Robber. Blue Point's a brewery out of, wow, Patchogue, New York. So you'll see that kind of fits in with what I, my teams. And uh, Victory, obviously, is out near Philly. Um, yeah, so basically we're going to be looking at those teams. And I, I like all four Philly teams, uh, born and raised in Lancaster County. I'll let Pete give you a spiel on his teams. Yeah, so I was born in Hanover, Pennsylvania, but was brainwashed as a little kid to be a Yankees and Jets fan. Sad. You know, really fun childhood, though. Very Yankees were amazing. Man. Jets made the AFC title game in 98, but that's about as much fun as the Jets ever get to have. Anyway, <laughs> and then outside of those two teams, um, Mavericks fan, really weird. 2002, saw a VH1 documentary about Mark Cuban, saw this big seven-footer, <laughs> played NBA 2K3, he can make threes, big Dirk fan, so lifelong Mavericks fan, and then didn't really watch hockey till I got to college, Shippensburg University, what's up? Go Raiders. Yeah, and then, um, so 2010, get there, they only show like Penguins hockey games, my roommate, big Penguins fan. So I, wa- I probably watched 50 games that year. You got brainwashed into that shit. So yeah, I'm a big Penguins fan. So for everybody who thinks I'm a bandwagon guy, <laughs> I wasn't a part of the 09 championship, <laughs> 09 Stanley Cup, so I don't claim that. So the past two years have been really awesome for me, obviously. But sure. that's my little spiel about my teams. Let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to be focusing a lot on Philly. Kind of the other part of the premise is... Uh, I can go off the wall, both negative and uh, positive, on my Philadelphia opinions. And uh, Pete is going to be the outsider perspective here, uh, more neutral. In yeah, each way. so and he's then, uh, what I call the typical irrational Philadelphia fan. <laughs> Extreme reactions one way or the other. And I'm going to do my best to provide, bring him back to the middle on most, most topics. So topic number one, uh, recently Jordan Matthews trade is the big news here. Now, we're going to be focusing a lot on baseball on this pod because we're going to do a uh, football preview for our next pod, I believe. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to focus on this uh, Jordan Matthews trade in particular. Now, maybe go into a whole lot else. But uh, anyways, my thoughts on it here. Well, hold on. What what was the actual trade? Let's, okay. let's lay that out. Jordan Matthews and a third-round pick next year to the Bills for Ronald Darby. And no other, there was no other compensation, like no pick for you guys, right? No. Okay. So... Darby here, his story, he was taken in the second round. He's uh, been in the league two years. 23-year-old corner, played 29 games over the last two years. Uh, two interceptions, 137 tackles, yada, yada. Um, last year, he was targeted only 75 times, which seems low. Allowed 45 catches. I'm not sure what the completion percentage is there, but that's pretty high. Um, only two touchdowns. He didn't have a pick all last year. 
I saw that uh, I think Pro Football Focus ranked him his rookie year as like the seventeenth best corner yeah. in football, which is awesome. Yeah, as a rookie, and then last year, yeah, they ranked him two slots behind Nolan Carroll, who is hell. Yeah, I mean, typically it's really impressive because cornerback is one of the toughest positions in the league to come in and be good. So to hear that statistic is pretty impressive. Right. Because even like they uh, say he runs a four three eight. Very fast. Because even like Darrell Revis, I remember being so pissed when the Jets drafted Darrell Revis because we had, Leon Hall was still on the board, uh-huh. a corner from Michigan. Really loved Leon Hall, but and Revis's first year, nothing impressive. Yeah. Because again, very hard to be an impact corner your first year in the league. Mm-hmm. We it it's been shown many times, but obviously Darrell Revis turned into the man his second year. So we'll see. My either way. Yeah. Here's my here's my look at this. We already didn't have our second round pick because of Wentz, um, the Wentz trade, second round pick in twenty. And you're really mad about that? We're done. No, no, no. Beautiful. Like I'm all, I'm all good on that. <laughs> but so now we're out a second and a third next year. So it, it, time's kind of, they're basically saying the time is now. Right. They're going in. Um, so that is what it is. I would like to keep that third, but with Matthews, we weren't going to re-sign him anyways. But we now have Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, unproven Matt Collins, and Nelson Aguilar, who, if I could just go on a little tidbit here, how, why are people high on Nelson Aguilar? And I don't know if you're too familiar with this on the Philadelphia Twitter here, but any Philadelphia page is like, Nelson Aguilar looks so great in camp. Nelson Aguilar burning corners. Like, and then, Best shape of his life. Yeah, it's get out of here. I don't care until he does something in a game. <laughs> I just keep responding to those people with uh, one gif. If you search Aguilar on Twitter, there's two gifs. One, he's literally got cinder blocks for hands, and the ball just bounces off of it. It's like a cartoon. Because, dude, the guy's terrible. So we're now actually, if Matt Collins, who looked good in the preseason game, and if you were paying attention on draft day, Todd McShay wanted to jump out of the TV. Yeah, so people were really excited about this guy. Collins. I don't know anything about him, really. So if we're going to get slot production, it's going to be Matt Collins. It's not going to be Nelson Aguilar. And I will do some kind of warm beer bet on a future podcast that Nelson Aguilar sucks again this year. Okay, that might that might have to. He happen. will be terrible. Um, All right. So anyway, anyways, overall, our wide receiver depth took a huge hit because I know, being realistically, being realistic, Alshon's getting hurt this year at some point. He's gonna miss two, if three he, games. If he plays thirteen games, you're pumped. Yes. So let's say he plays thirteen games, right? Right. That means we're three games in where. I don't know how Carson's going to do it because he's going to have Torrey Smith, who actually on Pro Football Focus was the only receiver ranked worse than Aguilar last year. Yeah, I'm hoping that's a fluke and on a 49er thing. Yeah, I would. I would imagine I, that's like. I would a, imagine he'd be a little bit because he at least one point was a good receiver. Yeah, he was. So, oh, and he, I mean, he just does one thing really well. Yeah, he's not going ever going to be um, <clears throat> do it all receiver. It's like deep shot. Yeah. Open, so, it kind of opens up the field. Something you guys didn't have last year. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's sure. that should help. And, uh, so we're going into games here when Alshon, like in theory, when he misses these three games that we're saying he's going to be hurt and missed. We're going with Torrey Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins. Right. As our three receivers. And then Sheldon Gibson, I guess, sure. is another rookie. So a lot of unproven things there. Oh, yeah. So that's my only real. The fact that we gave up the third, I can live with. I would have rather not done it. And then my other reservation with the whole trade is just, I don't know why people are saying, oh, we had wide receiver depth so we could do the trade. Like, I, okay. I'm backing off the whole wide receiver depth. However, 
this raises our ceiling for the season because the corners were going to be the Achilles heel. Yeah. Any any good quarterback that we were going to face was going to pick us apart unless our D-line, which I really like, got sure. drunk first. Okay. So, in theory now, our ceiling is higher. And I think that there is no reason why we can't at least fight and be right there in the last couple of weeks for the NFCs. Okay, so you're kind of iffy on this trade overall. You're, you're not sure. Uh, jury's out. Okay. I need to see how this guy plays. Right. Um, he's Jekyll and Hyde the last two years. Okay, so here's why I think it's a fantastic trade. All right, let's hear it. Jordan Matthews, free agent at the end of the year. Yes. Probably not going to bring him back. Maybe you do. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, secondly, you he have two— coming back, though. Probably not coming back. You have two years of Ronald Darby at an average annual salary of 900 k Which is beautiful. And he's flashed elite talent at one point. So, and when Sidney Jones gets back— in theory, that's our two. Right, you, you're hoping Sidney Jones is good, and we got uh, Russell Douglas. Sure, in the third round. Right, so you have some young talent there, but at least you now have acquired a cornerback who's flashed an elite level in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I did a little research, and if you look at the Buffalo's uh, D line last year, you would think they'd be pretty good, right? They're typically a pretty good defensive line. They've got Darius. Okay, um, they actually ranked. 20th, according to PFF, in terms of defensive line play. And line should be much better. So you guys have a fantastic line, and I think that's going to help um, help Darby, you know, maybe hide some of his holes. Right. But he's, I think he's got a, a lot of good talent, and I think it's a it's a good move for you guys who you clearly need that. That's like your clear weakness on defense. Because your defensive line is going to be at the quarterback all the time, creating pressure. So if you have... You know any kind of any kind of talent on the on the outside. And, uh, I think it's I think it's really good. Derek Barnett two sacks first game of the preseason. Right. I was a little uh, iffy on that pick just because if you you look at the highlights of him, like they showed on draft day. Look him up on YouTube. Yeah, he got all these sacks at uh, Tennessee. Got the record broke uh, Reggie White's school record. But every one of them, he's just running right around him. Like there's it didn't there wasn't a whole lot of uh, like swim moves. Bull rush. It was just like right around. And the big thing. And I'm like, you're not. It's got doing short that arms, man. Yeah, and you're not doing that in the NFL. So short arms. I was very skeptical of that pick, but it's good to see at least the first. Uh, I've heard good things coming out of camp, and uh, I, yeah. actually, I think I heard uh, Lane Johnson said he looked like a beast too, and they're going up against each other. So, and I love me some Lane. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we'll I'm see. It's give, only preseason, but yeah, I'm gonna give the trade. I'm, B minus B, okay. something like that. Right yeah, now. and I would, I think it's a really good trade for you guys because of Darby being controllable for two years and yeah. I mean, him showing the it's elite a lottery talent. ticket. So yeah, I'm just my number one concern isn't necessarily even winning the division this year, which seems like what they're more worried with. I'm just all about Wentz developing, like because yeah. that's the long term goal here. If you can get Wentz to be one of those legitimately elite quarterbacks, not the Joe Flacco elite, Eli, you know, whatever. This, yeah. I hate people have those kind of. They're not elite, no. so. That's just that. I mean, elite by definition, there can only be a couple of them. Right. So, if you can actually get him to be a Drew Brees or, or whatever, somehow, Ben Roethlisberger or something like that, then you're made. You're going to playoffs every year. Right. And, so, and I think the way to do that uh, or make it easiest on him is to really give him help and receiver. So, that's the one thing that I don't like taking away his toys. Gotcha. But it is what it is. I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm on board. And uh, Darby will probably get a pick six week one, and I'll be doing backflips on the pod. Yeah. Next week, so yeah. By week two, Alex will say greatest trade ever. <laughs> oh man, Pete could not stand me after that Steelers game week three last year. Yeah, that was hell. So, all right, like I said, we're gonna do a fo- whole football pod coming up probably the next one after this. So, we're gonna change uh, the topic here and let's go for a little baseball. Uh, current state of the Phillies. Yikes! 
Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I'm Fighting a- for that first pick. The process transitions to the baseball team. Oh, yeah, they uh, they suck. If you remember, uh, anyone follow stuff on Twitter or even listen to Philly pods or anything, people were talking 500 before the season. They were like, Phillies, 500, that's well, that the goal. Well, that would kind of be the natural progression, as last year they were a lot better than people expected. Kind of what, what they won 70-couple games? I, I mean, they had that really great start. Number, but the, I want to say 72 games, something like that. Yeah, and the year before they they were really bad. So okay. you thought maybe natural progression, if guys are healthy and the prospects kind of come up and play, like, eh. Yep. Maybe you get hot and, you know, you get get a 500 team. Right. So they lost today, and I'm assuming on Google here that they counted that loss already. Uh, they are still the worst team in baseball. By not much. No, the White Sox really suck. Uh, they're 45 and 69. We are 43 and 72. But it's the Giants, and, uh, I think, you're fighting with. Yeah, the Giants. But the Giants are hot right now. They're six and four in the last ten. Whoa! <laughs> so they're 47 71. They got a four game. Well, and the White Sox almost. just like swept the Astros. So you guys, yeah, <laughs> you guys might have a hell of a lead here. So I mean, the the fucking major league draft is such a crapshoot that it's it's whatever. Yeah. But I really want them to be the worst team just from the standpoint that if this is one of those years where Bryce Harper comes out. Yeah. Or somebody like that. I will be so mad if we get the second second pick, pick yeah. and we take Mickey Moniak again, who does not look good uh, so far in the minors. He's batting two fifty on the dot as of yesterday and four hundred at bats. Not and showing much power. Guy. Not no. not really flashing a lot but, of speed either. Yeah, I mean the kid's what nineteen here. Yeah, he's young. So he's got, and look, I guess uh, it's it one of those things when you take three more at bats since I said that. So he's got four hundred three at bats. Been two forty eight. Yeah, when you take a guy like that, days. you a high school bat like that, you kind of anticipate for the most part. Especially if you look at him, you knew right away that guy wasn't going to be impacting the club at least for probably three or four years just by looking at oh, him. He wasn't he's a skinny dude. He wasn't the chiseled guy. Yeah, coming out. So it, it is what it is, I guess, with him. But uh, somebody to be excited a, about. That's kind of a side note here. Um, somebody to be excited about is the dude who just got his first career hit today. Yes, Reese Hoskins. So I was very excited. We just watched that a minute ago uh, to give you an idea of when we're recording this. It's Sunday o'clock. Sunday o'clock. Sunday at five thirty o'clock here. Um, Hoskins. I cannot believe how long it took them to bring him up. There's his uh, AAA stats this year. Well, and a little background. I think he's the si- your sixth-rated prospect in your farm system, yeah, I believe. Yeah, on Right. I've been calling for this for years. Last year, I was all on it. I got I had, like, two emojis with, like, a mountain and a, a car going down a hill without brakes was the joke on our, like, group message. Yeah, he's been on the Hoskins on bandwagon. The yeah. Full speed, down a hill, no brakes. <laughs> he's riding it, baby. Him and Cousins both broke uh, Howard's AA home run record last year in Reading. And then uh, Heath broke the AAA home run record this year before getting called up. Uh, his stats this year, AAA, 284, 385 on base, 581 slugging, 29 home runs, 91 RBIs. I mean, the guy can hit. I think he was totally just uh, nervous here with his start here. I think he's, what, like 1 for 12 so far. But he's going to settle in. My problem with this whole thing is that Tommy Joseph sucks. He's a, at the very least, if you're being like kind to him, he's an okay first baseman at the major league level who has a job in the American League as like a platoon DH. Yeah, he's going to hit against lefties. Yeah, in the yeah. So we're letting this guy cock block Reese Hoskins way to the major leagues. Right. 
And when we finally bring up Hoskins, the Phillies are all about bring him up the right way, bring him up the right way. They're notorious for bringing guys up late. I think Chase Elliott didn't make his debut until he was like 25. Right, Howard like also a little older. And Howard was the same story with Tony blocking him. But typically, like, nobody comes up fast with the Phillies, and you're going to bring him up the right way by throwing him in left field, which he hadn't played since freshman year of college. Yeah, that is really weird to me. And that can do that can play a part in him sucking at the plate. Yeah, I mean, if you're... For anybody who's played baseball, you're thinking a lot. It's you know you're thinking a lot, and when you have to think about playing a position that you haven't played in a while, it can kind of distract you from maybe, or get you out of your rhythm yeah. in the, at the plate because you're trying to, I don't know, think about how to react to fly balls and where to cut and everything like that. I realize it's he's a professional <laughs> athlete. It's probably not as hard for him. But it, I think it definitely can take you out well, of the Well, he's clearly not a left fielder either is the other thing. Yeah, the dude looks like a first baseman. Yeah. He's not quite Kyle Schwarber. And he big. got his first hit today yeah. playing first base. Yeah. Play the guy at first base. That's the right. moral of the story. And the second Altair gets healthy, you got Altair, um, Nick Williams, and Odubel Herrera out there. Yeah. You're not benching any of those guys. No. You bench Tommy Joseph. TJ, yeah. Big time. TJ. Timmy Joe, you, you're taking a seat, but So... That kind of... Uh, that's all you have to show for 100 pounds. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was another trade I did not like at the time, but I let uh, Brian Kenny hype up Tommy, Tommy Joseph. Joseph. He was right. on baseball night at the time, and he was like, oh, futures game catcher here, Tommy Joseph. I mean, really, if Tommy Joseph was hitting the way he's hitting and playing catcher... Sure, you're you're pumped. Right, but he had too many concussions, and yeah. back there, he can't catch anymore. Um, that would be interesting, though, if they could somehow get him to go back to catcher. But I don't think that's a thing. Uh, which sort of brings me to the next point here. Uh, list guys. So, like me and uh, another one of our friends here, Pete, and I's friend, he's a Phillies fan. We coming up. We were just had like a running thing of, hey, who's a list guy? Meaning, who who are guys that you want the Phillies to make priorities in the organization, and who are guys where you can easily move on from them. So, list guys for me. I got. Hoskins, Kingery, Kingery, the Triple A second baseman. Right, having a big year. Oh, huge! He's year. really skyrocketed on um, MLB.com's top 100 prospects. I think he he's finally in it this year. Oh yeah, I've been. And he, is he your number two? Number three, they have. He's your number three because yeah, yeah it's six to. Moniac's way too high. He's not a number one prospect. Um, but yeah, just a little overview here between Double A AA and Triple A, Kingery. Uh, 110 games, 451 ABs, 308, 361 on base, 554 slugging, 23 doubles, 24 home runs, 27 steals. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to hit for power, and, if you're going to hit for power and run like that at second base, that's a that's the man. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So, he's on the list. Uh, where was that? Hoskins, Kingery, Sixto Sanchez. He's what, like a 20-year-old pitcher? He's the number two guy. He's actually, uh, did he turn 19? He's 19 as of just at the end of last month, July 29th. And he's in single A, right? Uh, he got called up to high A, clear water. Okay, so he's in single A. Yeah, he's only made two starts there. Struggled a little bit, but... All right, so he's your number two. So who? So we have Hoskins, Kingery, Kingery Sixto. Uh, those guys are all guys I want to make a priority. Nick Williams, he's looked really good since coming up. Okay. Aaron Nola, who I want to touch on here. First Phillies pitcher in franchise history. When were the Phillies founded? Like 18-something. I mean, they have the most losses in Major League history. Yeah, they're one of the original teams. Right. So they've been around a long time. 
And uh, first Phillies pitcher ever to go ten straight starts with at least six or more innings pitched and two or less runs given up, which is insane when you think about Steve Carlton, Roy Halladay, Cliff, Cliff Lee. Lee, Cole Hamels, even Roy Oswalt, Kurt Schilling. Yeah. We're talking Hall of Fame pitchers. Hall of Fame pitchers, and it's that Aaron Nola. have not Nola. done that. Yeah. So, so, not that I'm saying... Aaron know, Nola is on the list in for, pen oh, at this point. Yeah. As he should be. We're, we're building around Nola. And then I'm also putting Aaron Altair on the list, and he's my last guy on the list here. Okay. The guy's having a breakout season. I don't have any of his numbers up right, right now in front of me, but... He was hitting, yeah, he was hitting like around around 290. Around 290, good he's power. A, he's a 2020 guy waiting to happen. Yeah. Plays a great defense. Yeah. There's nothing really that he can't do. He's not really necessarily elite at anything, but he's a solid player at every aspect of the he game. He reminds me of the kind of player that like either I I don't know. He reminds me of the kind of player that Jason Worth gave you guys back in like the yeah. either run. He's not the star of the team. No. But he's really good, pretty solid, like really solid. Is gonna hit on a good for- team. You pencil him in at like the six hole. Yeah, and he's just like wow. have fun. All right, gonna be a two hitter. Um, yeah, depending. So notable guys then that are not on my list of people that I care to build around: Odubel Herrera, who is scorching hot right now. Right. But like, if you just watch the game today, bonehead mistake. Uh, bases loaded. Nick Williams had a fly ball. Freddie Gallus should have tagged up. He didn't. Whatever. Ball kinds of kicks away for a second, and uh, Odubel's on second. Doesn't even care to look whether or not Galvis decided to go. Just goes to third. And then doesn't even bother to get in the rundown once he realizes he fucked up. He just takes off his helmet and stands there like a little kid. Yeah. I just... So, okay. I'm okay. not a big Odubel guy. Right. Here's the other thing, though, where I'm not necessarily making him a priority to build around. We already got a crowded outfield between guys in the minors and guys we already have up here. So, wait a second. If you're in your perfect world, it's Nick Williams, Aaron Altair, and who would be your third outfielder? Well, perfect world, we're adding. Uh, well, okay, but okay. Let me go on. Let me finish here. So, the most team-friendly contract in possibly baseball, or at least up there, is Odubel Herrera. It's super team-friendly. I got to look up the actual uh, terms here, but Clintech uh, did a beautiful job uh, extending him this offseason, and with his contract the way it is, and with the production that he puts up, I really think he's a prime candidate to be moved for something else that we could really use, be it a great pitcher, because we really need some hitting, or some pitching, and uh, or a hitter at another position of more need, because I said we I already like Altair, I like Nick Williams, uh, we got other guys then in the minors as well. If we're not going to go trade or add another elite outfielder, <coughs> Trout and uh, <laughs> pipe dreams. But anyway, here we go. Uh, we got Cousins down in AAA. Who I mean, the guy's a strikeout machine. He's not perfect either. But we got him. We got uh, Roman Quinn, uh, and then we got the last two, last three actually, first round picks working their way up um, as outfielders. So I just I think you can find another Odubel, and I think what you could probably get for him in a trade would be the way to go, in my opinion. Okay. So he's he is signed through 2021, but has team options in 22 and 23 at an average salary of like $6 million. Yes. And this is the first year of the of that five-year $30.5 million. Right. So, yeah, the reason why it's so cheap is team control, but we bought out some of his years. Yeah. Well, you have team options in 22 and 23, yes. which is crazy. So we, he's under control for what? Possibly seven years. Yeah, six more after this year. 
Right. And those team options are like ten and a half million each. Right. Which is a freaking steal. Right. So I'm thinking he would have legitimate value in a trade. And we really need pitching. I don't see uh, Velasquez sticking in the rotation. Okay, so here's where so, I need to jump in and say you can't give up on Velasquez yet. It's not he needs I realize the results haven't been ideal and we've kind of talked about this uh, before. Maybe he profiles as a great bullpen piece because he has the stuff. Yeah, great K per nine, um, you know, high velocity. Guy catches way too much of the plate, though. Right. Here's the yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying. But here's my issue. You can't give up on him yet. I think next year, you let him start in the rotation again. You have to give him one more shot. Yeah, I think he's only 25. Um, so I'd give him another go at the rotation just because. When you can strike somebody out as much as he can, you know, I think he has a career K per nine of nine close to seven. ten. Yeah, I'm right. right so he's going to avoid putting the ball in play, and he can get out of a lot of jams. The issue is, I also think he has a like walk per nine of close to four. Yeah, four point three this season. Big issue. Three point five. And not only is he walking people, one point five whip this season. Right. Not great. <laughs> not great, Vince. Here's, but here's the but here problem. you can't give up on the stuff. Don't give up on the stuff just yet. So I, I would give him another another chance. I would I would have him as a list guy for right now, but he's like he's absolute fringe. Like I he, but the thing and the reason he deserves to be on the list is even if he's not the starter you want him to be, you get you tell him to go to the bullpen and, and throw hard, a really good bullpen. throw hard for for you know every other day. It, here's the other problem: fantastic with him as a starter, results. Though. I think so. He's never pitched more than 131 innings, which is yeah. He's had some injuries, right? He's had injuries this year. Injuries aside, he has made 15 starts. Okay, he's got a 5-1-3 ERA, but that's kind of beside the point with this. 15 starts, 72 innings. That is less than five innings a start. Yeah, not good. (laughs) The guy, but you've watched him pitch. You can't give up on the stuff. He's the kind of guy that's responsible for Adam Morgan coming into a game, which at that point. You can't give up Don't on the stuff. Don't start driving home because the game's over. Don't give up on the stuff. Adam Morgan's just garbage. Vince Velasquez, fantastic stuff. Needs a, needs a little bit longer leash, but if it doesn't work out, show him the bullpen door, other, and you can unleash a pretty good weapon, I think. Other honorable mention here for a list is uh, Freddie Galvis. <laughs> I'm a fan. Guy's going to win the uh, gold glove this year. Yeah, he has. He's a fantastic defensive player, and he did hit twenty dingers last year. Pretty cool. But you know what his lifetime OBP is? Um, pulling it up. Hold on. No, no, no. Don't look. Over <laughs> under. Over under three one five. Oh, probably under. Yeah, he was like two ninety last year. Two eighty five career OBP. Oh, two seventy four last year. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, well, I think I saw I saw a tweet though, and I don't have it up in front of me, so it's going to be uh, slightly off of the numbers. But so his current slash line here. 257, 307, 410, right? Right. It basically said that the league average for every starting shortstop was basically 257. Sure. So he's a league average shortstop who gives you plus defense. Yeah. Right? Okay. So he's, I'm not very, you're never going to hear me complain with Freddie Gomez. But here's my point. We were just talking about how the Phillies need to, like, you know, drop the whole taking forever to call people up. It's time to see JP. Dude, he's been terrible. I mean, recently he's been on fire. Yeah, but, but also, you and I both know when somebody is highly regarded as he was and is taking a while to come up, 
and things like that. I think he's getting bored now. I think he might be getting bored. And I think J.P. Crawford is something you need to see. Like, you've, like, we've seen Freddie Gallus before. We know who that is. We know who that kind of player is. He's a slick, slick fielding shortstop. Yeah. Really good short, like, defensive shortstop. You know what? You can, you can find those guys. Well, here's, here's me. Let's, um... let's see what J.P. can do. Because, and if you look at, I think if you look at J.P.'s, like, um, measurables, he's got, like, a, a high grade on his fielding. Mm-hmm. So, you might still get a plus defense. And no, he, he is supposed to be a plus defender. So, here, why not take a, why not take a look at him? Okay, I'm jumping the gun on this because we were going to save this for a little later, but I'm not saying these guys are hot garbage if they're not on my list. But they're guys that I'm willing to dangle on a trade. Gotcha. Or more willing. Gotcha. So I mean, I'm not just going to let Crawford rot in AAA while I'm playing Freddie Gallus. Yeah. However, I'm content with going forward with Freddie Gallus. If other p if other pieces can be moved, to yeah. If I can bring move in. JP, so okay. So guys like like I said with uh, Odoo not being on my list, I'm not just cutting him or you know letting him rot right, on the bench. Right. I'm trading him. So if I could package, uh, JP Crawford, Odubel Herrera, yada yada yada, along with other guys for a better player, a better player, then that's what I'm doing. Okay. And we, I mean, we all got pipe dreams here, which we'll get to, but we also need pitching. I don't know what pitching is going to be available in a trade. But our pitching is absolute hot garbage after you get past Aaron Noah. So I mean, I like Eikhoff. He's okay. He's been terrible. He's a dude. Year, I think he's been a lot better since he came off the DL. Sh- I'm pretty sure he's been pitching pretty well. He was well. really good last year. Eikhoff, I back. mean, Eikhoff's just a solid starter. He's going to be your number three or four guy. He's absolutely nothing right, but when he's to, to build around. Number two. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't be your number two. So, But he's definitely something... To, it's it's a good piece to have. Any other Phillies that you uh, object to not being on the list? My my big yeah my only thing was JP. He's only twenty two, and I think he just needs he needs to get his shot okay. soon sooner rather than later. Yeah. So where we differ there is I'm I'm trying to shop him and get value for him if I can. Right, which isn't a bad idea if you don't if you don't think he's part of the future and you're fine with just having Freddie Galvis and you're able to lure, able to bring in a big 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 name guy. You know, by trading a lot of your prospects and some things. Right. It, I'm okay with that. But anyway, let's start to talk about a team who is actually worthwhile talking about. All right. That's the... Phillies are a little depressed. Yeah. That's the New York Yankees, mm-hmm. who currently sit four and a half games out of first place. And this is Pete's from, team. From the Red Sox. Yeah. We have a game tonight with the Red Sox, facing Chris Sale. So, you know, the outlook is kind of bleak on that. But anyway... Um, the Yanks also have a two and a half game lead on the second wild card spot, so they're 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 sitting fairly good, you know, as the as the first wild card team. But we like to try to get to that division, like to try to get the division, so you don't have to play in the playing game. But um, recently, they've made a couple trades um, that I personally love. Uh, they brought in Sonny Gray. They brought in. David Robertson and Tommy Canley. And they did a good job not trading all their top prospects. Yeah, so we didn't trade, we did not trade Glaber Torres, Clint Frazier, Justice Sheffield, or Chance Adams, who are four guys who are in our in the top 100 on MLB.com. We did trade Jorge Mateo. Um, he was, I think, a top 50 prospect. We did trade Blake Rutherford. I think he was the 30th ranked prospect. 
and we did trade James Caprillion, who was a highly rated guy, but has been injured twice. Both both like arm sur- big big time arm surgeries. Mm. But anyway, here's why I like the trades. When we traded Blake Rutherford, he is he was our first round pick in 2016. Um, he's I think like 19 years old, something like that, and he's an outfielder. Mm-hmm. So if you like Clint Frazier and Aaron Judge, and you we already have Brett Gardner and Jacoby Ellsbury, mm-hmm. both of who I mean they're coming to the end of the road. We're going to try and sign Harper. We're going to try and sign Harper. Yeah, that's what I hope. But anyway, so you kind of see it might be a crowded outfield for Blake Rutherford, even though he's showed all signs of being pretty good. Had a good first year in the minors. Um, Pitching is just more important, anyways. Right, it's more important, and the best part about the deal is David Robertson has a year and a half of team control. Mm-hmm. Tommy Canely has two and a half years of team control. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just a move to make a push this year. Well, and the way baseball, it helps next year, and yeah, and when you don't have um, a great starting rotation like yeah. the Yanks do, if you have, you know, five guys who are quality, you can really shorten those games, okay. which. Which I think we do now. We have um, Chapman, Batances, Robertson, Canely, and um, Adam Warren and Chad Green. The two other guys, the two guys I just mentioned, you probably don't know much about, but really high K per nine, really low ER, like having a gr- having great years. Really, one of the best bullpens I've ever seen. Honestly, statistically, it's amazing. And great job keeping uh, Chance Adams. Oh, Chance Adams, baby! I am. I'm pretty excited now. <laughs> Yankee fans will know. You shouldn't ever get too excited about Yankees pitching prospects because most of them turn into Phil Hughes. <laughs> I mean, or actually, a Yankees pitching prospect is the next great bullpen piece. That's how it works. Jabba Chamberlain, Dylan Batances. Um, uh, th- there's a bunch of other guys, too. I mean, there were years where, like five years ago, all people talked about were Batances, Banuelos, and Andrew Brackman. Do you know any of those guys as starters? Two of the guys never made it, and then Delton Batanza is an awesome reliever. So, you know, you can never get too, too excited about um, Yankees starting pitching prospects, but I'm willing to take a chance. Yeah. Get it? You got a solid pun. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot I disagree with on your uh, I know. Yankees take. But we're, we're a year early. So this is all very exciting. We have a lot of young guys. Well, that's the good thing about the trades they made too is you're not they're not like two month rentals. You're right. Because at that point, I would have uh, a bone to pick there. Cause right, and the bigger probably trade not beating the Astros this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, the baseball playoffs are funky yeah, and yeah. wonky. Like you know, you just get in, and yeah, if you, you get to a happens. five or six, seven game series, like we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't think we're we're ready to do a lot of damage in the postseason. But it'd be nice to get there. Okay, um, so but the other trade we made was for Sonny Gray. Also, a deal I really like is he has two and a half years of team control, and he provides us uh, with a starter who... This is the one where I would have thought you had to get rid of Chance Adams. Right. I, I was shocked at what we were able to keep by not... We traded uh, Mateo and Caprillion oh, yeah. were the big pieces that were moved. I don't know what Moneyball's been doing down there in Oakland recently. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand it. Cause Ever I've, since the Josh Donaldson trade, it's yeah. like he's just off his rocker. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, but, like, Mateo was a guy who was, again, blocked. He plays second base, shortstop, maybe outfield. So, D.D. Gregorius has been awesome. Starling Castro is the man. Yeah. No room in the outfield. Where are you playing? Caprillion, as profiles as a really a good starter, and he was a high like a big prospect for us, but he's been injured twice now. And I think doesn't even have 100 career minor league innings yet in, like, three years. Mm-hmm. So, 
if he can be an impact player, if he was going to be an impact player for us, it wasn't going to be for at least another two years. And then we gave up another another highly rated guy, Dustin Fowler, but he got injured in his first game as a Yankee, and he has like I think he tore his ACL. Okay. So again, guys who probably can't contribute to our team for the next year or even two years. So again, and it gives us Sonny Gray, who's a legitimate starter, who's going to give us six at least six innings, most likely every time he's you know takes them out. So that really helps us. So the story of the Yankees too then this season is Judge. Oh. Yeah. All rise. All rise. The pitchers so, are found guilty. Yeah, you know, he's holding court. That's all yeah. the best judge puns. Keep them coming. <laughs> so and this conversation is starting to really fade with the little slump he's in, but I wanted to talk about a little uh MVP candidacy from him. Also because I can incorporate my boy Mike Trout. Future oh, Philly great. Yeah, okay. All right. In the uh, in the conversation here. So, you got any judge numbers up in front of you? I do. So, as it stands, judge judge season numbers are, he's at 290 with 35 bombs, 78 RBI. Um, his OPS is still over 1,000 at 1026. And he has, I think he's really high in runs. He's at 87 runs. I know he's the top five in the league in that. Um, he, he currently stands at a 5.9 war with... Eight defensive runs saved, which is I think good enough for top twenty-five in the league. Mm-hmm. Not not like the can't cover the greatest range in the outfield, but the dude has a cannon. Mm-hmm. And I've watched him many times cut that like oh, turn. He's got, a, yeah, he's got a hose. Turn a would be double into a single because he just fires it back in there and the, the runner doesn't advance. So plus defender, not not known for his defense, but absolutely if you watch close enough, he's a he's a very good defender. But over the last month. He's hitting a 161 with five bombs and a 664 OPS, yeah. bringing his average down from like the high 320s to to what it is now at 290. And he's not a high 320s hitter. No, he's never going to be that. That yeah. was uh, so that was that was just a hot streak, fluky long term thing. Yeah, I mean, I do really like his approach at the plate, and basically what's caught co- what from what I've seen, what's causing this slump is he's chasing a little bit more um, out of the zone and. He's just missing the pitches that he was hitting in the first half. If you watch him, it's, you know, watch first pitch, second pitch, fastball, you know, kind of in a hittable area, fouling it back. And it's like, there it was. There was the pitch that first half was going, you know, down the line or in the gap for a double or a homer. And now it's a, now it's strike one or strike two. And you're like, shit. You know, chances of him striking out now are pretty high. So what, uh, what'd you say his slash numbers are again? 290, 35 homers, 78 RBI, and a 1026 OPS. Okay. So I have Altuve up here. Yeah. And I think we both agree that it's his to lose. At this point, yeah. He's on the best team in the in the league, and he's the best player on the team. Right. And he, I mean, he's having a fantastic season. But Trout is the best player in the league. If he never got hurt, sure, but- Trout wins it. But, so we're going to talk about whether or not Trout still has a chance to. Right. We're going a little macro here, which is against what we're trying to do, but we're incorporating Judge. Judge is, it, judge is in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, those those three right there are your, in my opinion, your top three MVP candidates. No matter what. Candidates. Yeah. And I want Trout to at least finish second, because he's got that streak of like... What? First or second. First or second. Since he entered the league in like 2012, one, right? One, two, three, four, five. This would be the sixth year in a row that he'd be in the top two in MVP, should he do that again. Which I think he might have passed Judge at this point. Um, yeah, it's but Altuve. So Altuve's batting 
361. Yeah. With he hit over 26 steals, 17 home runs. Yeah, he, and his OPS is almost a thousand too, which from a which from a second baseman is just fantastic. Insane. It's amazing. And he's gonna lead the league in hits for the fourth straight year. Yeah. Hey, do you know what he hit in July? Oh, it was over 500. He hit over 500 for a yeah. month. Yeah, that's insane. That isn't like you can't do that. Right. That's insane. So then, in order to qualify, from looking at a trout perspective, you need 3.1 plate appearances per game played, which comes out to I believe 503 plate appearances on a year. Okay. Um, right now he's at 324, and in order to qualify, based on the number of games the Angels have played, he would need 365.8 at this point, so 366. So that puts him what 42 off. Uh, AB or plate appearances off of qualifying, but at 3.1 a game, like, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to end up qualifying at the end of the year. Right. Assuming, so assuming yeah. his numbers stay where they're at, let's say, and then he qualifies, he will have led the league in on base percentage and slugging, and then obviously OPS, which right. his OPS is 1167 right now. Yeah, his slugging percentage is over 7. Well, it just dipped to 698. Ah. <laughs> Forget it. The candidacy is over. I know, right? I think he went 0 for 2 with like three walks yesterday. Good so hell. That did it. But uh, 345 average. I'm probably, this might be a little more heart than head, but I think if he somehow catches Altuve in batting average, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard not to give it to Trout once he qualifies for all these stats. He's also uh, 23 home runs, 13 steals, only caught twice. I mean, the guy's he's the best player in baseball. He is. Um, if you want to talk, I know you hate war, for and there are some decent reasons for it. But here's here's my case for why Judge can still win. Mm-hmm. Um, he has number. He has the highest war of those three guys at this point. Obviously, Mike Trout would have it if he had played the games. I assume his war would be above seven. It's at five point three, and Judge is at five point nine. Yeah. Um, but the big difference in the three is Mike Trout, minus one def- defensive run saves. So, technically, by that statistic, not above average. Def- like He's not above average on, def- on defense. Mm-hmm. Altuve also does has a zero when it comes to defensive run saves. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge has eight, and he's in the top 25 in the league in defensive run saves. So he's giving you a plus at both positions in that respect. I realize... Not a perfect stat. Yeah. Like, Mike Trout can cover a hell of a lot of ground in center field. I love Trout defensively. So. Yeah, I mean, he. I, I also agree that yeah. he's, like, a pretty good defensive I think he's player. he's underrated. But if you're, if you're a stat guy. head and you're kind of looking at this more sabermetrically, if Judge can, like, put together... If he can come out of the slump and put together a hot streak and get up, you know, get his average somehow over 300, going to be really hard because that's not the kind of player he is. But if for somehow he can get another hot streak going for a three or four weeks, I think... And the Yankees like win the division. I think you can see him winning the MVP still. It's not out of the question, right? And then just for uh, history, for why I hate war for everybody, just so I can uh, give you this example here. Uh, Two thousand eight, Ryan Howard finished second in the MVP. He uh, let's look at his 08 stats here. Bad two fifty one, three thirty nine on base, five forty three slugging, had uh, forty eight home runs, hundred forty six RBIs. Like I said, second for the MVP that year. This was right in the middle of his like uh, four-year stretch there where he was just the man. Uh, so let me get, let me uh, backtrack a little more, too. According to baseball reference, this is how they judge uh, war. If you get eight or higher, that's an MVP-type season. 
Five or higher, you deserve to be an all-star. Two or higher, you deserve to be a starter. Zero to two is a bench player, and less than zero is like the replacement player that's like the that we're talking about here. Wars wins above replacement. Sure. So that season where he had 48 home runs, 146 RBIs. Second in MVP. Second in MVP. His war was 1.8 on baseball reference, which they're basically saying, yeah, you He's can't play. He's a bench play. player, right. So that's my that's my spiel there. I always got to give that when it comes to war. Yeah. Uh, the only time I, you'll hear me backing up war is when it's talking about my boy Chase Elliott because I'll, I'll take whatever stance I have to in order to get him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, which, but, right. <laughs> but that's why I'm not a big war fan. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that... I think that pretty much covers it on a lot of the baseball stuff. The last thing we were going to talk about was uh, the pipe dream here. Yeah. You know, the Phillies possibly bringing Trout to Philadelphia. Now, this is obviously... You know how like, they have the trust the process hashtag? Yeah. Hashtag pipe dream. This is what it is. <laughs> Mike Trout. So, and I'm not sitting here saying this is going to happen, but this is just for fun. He's sitting here smiling saying... Oh, yeah. He is. This is happening. Well, for anyone like that is not aware of his flirting back and forth with Philadelphia... He's like best bros with Carson Wentz, which is just the coolest thing that could ever happen to me. Gross. Carson Wentz scored a touchdown and gave him the football last year. And when uh, Trout was sitting at tickets right in the end of the end zone there, he's got season tickets. He's at every home game. Uh, and the Angels all dressed up, had like a theme for like a road trip recently, if you didn't see it on Twitter or anything. Uh, they all dressed up as like whatever basketball player or you know uniform they wanted to wear. Uh, side note, Howard Pujols. Dressed up as uh, Allen Iverson. He could be included in this trade. Jesus. But uh, Trout head-to-toe in his Ben Simmons jersey, and he posted it with a trust the process, which is just the greatest thing ever. I I just love it all so much. So for a little fun here, what would my offer be for Mike Trout? Which brings me back to so, those yeah, list, guys. At this point, I'm going to be acting as the Angels GM, Alex's Clintac. Yeah. And we're going to see... If he can provide a reasonable trade that you would possibly trade Mike Trout. However, this is this is starting to hurt you because the Angels are currently in the playoffs. Yes. So See, if the Angels are playoffs, that's becoming team. unrealistic. Yeah. Where it was looking more realistic was like before this season. Uh, the Angels kind of looked like they were fluttering towards like the bottom of that division the last couple of years, and they really uh, have like next to nothing. I remember like two years ago, their farm system's awful. Yeah, like it's one of the worst ago, in the league. I want to say it was Keith Law said like it was the worst farm system he's ever seen since he's been doing this. Yeah, I mean, if you look uh, at the roster that they put on the field, you're outside of Mike Trout, like Albert Pools, like there's Simmons. not. Yeah, and Jordan Simmons, Simmons is very good. good. He might be number four in the AL. Also, oh, MVP voting. Nah. He's not going to be number... All right, come on. Slow down. Number number four behind number, those three? Dude, no way. Who else? Pick a good team. Mookie Betts. Like, probably not Mookie Betts. He's not having a great year. But, like, a pitcher. Chris Sale would be before him. Get out of here with Androlton Simmons. All right. You're high. All right, we're going we're gonna to revisit that one when the yeah. is final. But, uh, anyway. Yeah, it was looking like it could eventually be a thing. Uh, I still believe that Trout wants to make his way to Philly at some point. We're... A deep pocket team. I bet we're willing to offer him whatever it takes when he hits free agency. So having said that, and having said how I don't think the Angels would really be shopping him right now because they're a good team. Have if they were still sitting in the cellar, it would start looking like a good idea. Sure. Because they need a they could package pools with him to get that contract out of there. Yeah. He's actually like I don't know what his war is, but it's got to be negative. Oh, he's. Ha- I mean, yeah, it's pretty bad at he's, this point. He's but he's not still a good player. He still hits dingers and he still drives and runs. His so, his average just is. Usually below 250 now, and he's yeah. and they need players to build. 
for the future. Right. So, okay. All right, so let's hear some names that, with how unrealistic this is. I'm going to go Odubel Herrera. Okay. Uh, J.P. Crawford. Okay. Uh, Jorge Alfaro. Okay. There's another guy that I would love to love, but I'm just not saying it. Okay. Uh, let's go out of Hoskins, Kingery, and Sixto. They're not going to want Hoskins unless we're taking Pujols and they need a first baseman. Um, assuming we're not taking Pujols, I'd give them their pick of one of the two between Kingery and Sixto. Okay. And then maybe, like, Aaron Altair or name your player. So is that, that that's than, how many total other players? Other than Nola. Um, so that's Odubel, J.P. Crawford. Uh-huh. Alfaro. Uh-huh. Your choice between King Reign Sixto. Uh-huh. And then one more player, name your pick, ex- with the exception of Nola and whoever's left between King Reign and Sixto. Okay. That would be probably where I would max out at. And then if we're taking on pool holes, I'm taking back either King Reign or Sixto. Interesting. Okay, so pieces that I do think work in your favor... I think Odubel is a pretty good piece just because if you're an Angels person... You're now short in center field. You're now short in center field, and that at least gives you... Something you can say, this is what we got. Because he's already yeah. a major league player. Like, he's a major league player, and he's above average. Yeah. Like, you know, pretty good player. Not, I mean, did, he, did he make an all-star team? He did, last year. I mean, but we needed an all-star. Right, so like it's kind of... Yeah, he was an all-star, but like, is he an all-star? Yeah, no, he's not. All right. So Duble's a decent place to start. Um, I think JP is also. I mean, if you don't like JP, I think that's a great chip to have because he's a highly rated prospect at a position that typically. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you could play him at second base if you oh. need to. If just because I have Andrelton Simmons, like yeah, if yeah, I want to, yeah. if I'm big on Simmons, I want to keep Andrelton Simmons. But you should be able to play. Uh, but at that defensive shortstop anywhere defensively. Right at that point, though, I do think if they're trading Trout, they're trading Simmons. Like they're gonna completely break it down and rebuild. Yeah. Anyway. And this um, fairy tale So I don't really get much with Alfaro. He's the the point with him though is he's got a seventy grade arm. Yeah. And he's triple A, like near ready to go. And it's again, it's just the position that he plays is why people like why he's a top one hundred prospect. Yeah, I definitely I mean, obviously having Kingery and Altair in there would be pretty cool for the Angels. Um, but I think... So you would take Kingery instead of Sixto? Mm. See, I think if I were the Angels, I would want Odubel, JP, Kingery, and Sixto. Odubel, JP, Kingery... I would want... Like, I want I want a top pitching prospect. I want a top... You know, a, an outfielder to replace him, and then I need other just guys who are... Other good guys. And they're and they're uh, JP's what your fourth guy in your on your list on your top prospects list for the Phillies and Kingery's your third. So I take your two, three, four prospects and Odubel, and maybe maybe another small outfielder. Because you know who this is? This is Mike Trout. <laughs> this is, you can't like it's Mike Trout. Yeah. 
it, it's not just like some dude. It's the best player in baseball for the last five years and probably the next five years. Well, here's the reason, too, that it's important that the Phillies add somebody of substance that can get things going because, one, the city needs a reason to start watching these guys. Like, that was embarrassing how many people were in the stands today watching that game. Two, but more importantly... If you're going to lure a Manny Machado or a Bryce Harper or something in free agency, yeah. right now, I don't care how much money you offer them. Why would they come here? I don't know. And also, something to be pointed out, Mike Trout is under team control for three and a half. If, if you did the trade today, it'd be yeah. three and a half years, right? But I wouldn't even worry about re-signing him, to be honest, because I, I really do think like his but, heart's in Philly. But I'm just saying it's great value because he's on a deal for like yeah. at $17 million a year no. for the next three years. It, it might have averaged out that way, but yeah. if you look it up, it's he's getting thirty four million a year the, the next three years. Okay, yeah. so either way, yeah. you have him for t- you have him under control for three years before you have to really get out the checkbook and possibly write a four hundred million dollar check. So what again? Did you say you want Sixto, Kingery, Hoskins, and no, no, no. I want Sixto, Kingery, JP, Odubel Herrera, and maybe a fifth piece that. So I get to keep Altair. You get to keep Altair. Um, maybe a Dylan Cousins or somebody who's like just another outfielder who's like a little lottery ticket. Yeah. Like maybe Cut- a Roman Quinn. Maybe a Roman Quinn. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's very little you could say that I'm going to say no for Trout, so. Okay, what about... I think I'd probably... What if, what if they said, well, we're not going to do this unless it's Aaron Nola, Kingery, Sixto, <laughs> and another dude. If Aaron Nola's in the deal... See, that's where I've reached the point where I'm just going to wait it out and sign him. Yeah. If, if at all possible. I don't want to, I'm not trading Nola. So, obviously, he's, the, he's the only truly untouchable player. Yeah, he's, he's truly untouchable. The Kingery, Sixto, and Hoskins are all guys that I'm very, they're, they're my list guys. Right. And Altair's a list guy. Now, see, what you should be but doing right now is floating with Mickey Moniac. You should be like you oh. should be talking up Mickey Moniac. Like, hey, first oh, pick. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, if the Angels wanted Mickey Moniac, that's that's a you got yourself a gosh darn deal. But because I mean that guy looks looks nothing great so far. Um but again, it's early. It is. I'm not gonna kill Mickey Moniac for another year and a half or so. <laughs> but uh yeah. So that's that's pretty much where we're at. But uh does that about wrap things up for the pod? Yeah, I think I think that does it for today. I know Next pod, we're probably going to be focusing on a little NFL preview. Yeah, we want to do a uh, NFL preview where I guess we're going to do Jets Eagles. Probably going to go through the whole schedule. Talk yeah, about, talk about some fantasy guys that uh, we'd want from each team. It'll probably be pretty quick on the guys. Jets side because it's going to be bleak. Yeah, but and uh, still just going to discuss them. Yeah, talk about maybe some fantasy guys we'd want from each team. I know before Week One, uh, I guess theme wise, we're gonna we're gonna pick some uh, games of the week. Where we're gonna each year, each week we're definitely gonna look at a preview for our teams, but also uh, look at maybe three games each week where we're gonna look at the line as well. Yeah, we're gonna and, uh, we're definitely gonna talk a little betting lines here. Oh yeah, you're gonna come to find out we enjoy allocating capital <laughs> in order to try to get more capital based on sports performances. <laughs> so <laughs> it's something we enjoy talking about. Yeah, so uh, definitely uh, look forward to Eagles preview and. Uh, that should be coming here in maybe a week or so. So that's that's about what we're going to be looking at, about a week of pod. So that's about it, and uh, thanks for listening. I hope you guys uh, are coming back. Yep, see you next time.
love, and if you've never been here, I suggest that you come. Feel the love.